DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the key pass collective yes we are the audio companion to the draft society website and um man there's there's been a lot going on behind the old office doors of the draft society we're gonna get into that in just a second um but yeah like i said i'm your host joe williams i've got ryan barnes here with me today and we are going to uh frankly we weren't going to really discuss anything. We were going to just sort of wait to pod again because um, we had a couple in the last few days with the community special um, and the one before that talking about mock drafts. But um, there's been such a hullabaloo around uh, a lot of these these fab deals, uh, these free agent budget deals, considering Romelu Lukaku coming into the league and some of the other rumored signings. So we thought we better do a pod to kind of talk through waivers and how that works, uh, free agent budget, how that works, and how you could potentially win a free agent budget war, and how you can very easily lose one. Um, so that's kind of the plan here for this episode. But uh, but first, I want to talk to Ryan here quick, welcome him in, and then also just um, ask Ryan to tell you a little bit about what's been going on, like I said, behind those office doors of the Draft Society. Ryan, how are things, man? Good, man. Um, kind of like everybody else, uh, shifting from pre-draft prep to you know pre-game week prep which is amazing um and to think that in a couple days uh there's actually going to be a a football match in the premier league um, and with and with my squad against exactly uh, against the newly promoted team which thankfully um we were able to take care of fulham opening day last last year and i'm hoping that uh, we can do the same but preseason has looked awful but (laughs) regardless confidence do you actually (laughs) Hope springs eternal. Uh huh. Yeah. So let's. Yeah, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Of course, but, me um, too. Me yeah, too. we need some signings. But either way, <laughs> we have Premier League football forthcoming, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, couldn't be more excited. Um, okay, so as I was mentioning, tell tell us about um, some of the stuff that we've been working on at the Draft Society. Yeah, so we've, uh, like I just mentioned, uh, shifting from from draft to to regular season, but um, we wrapped up all of our extensive uh, draft kit content, which um, we were overwhelmed with with support for that. So really appreciate um, all of your uh, kind words and and support. Uh, The Inner Circle membership uh, has been, you know, above and beyond what what we could have uh, fathomed yeah. so really really appreciate that and uh, yeah we all worked really hard this summer to to give you the most extensive uh, draft kit uh, out there and, and I believe we we succeeded there um, but now it's gonna shift to our regular season content um, which includes um, some some key uh, articles that uh, we've done in the past I'll just I'll turn that over to Joe but I'll just mention uh, one that I'm I'm working on uh, specifically the uh, the ghost point uh, tracker that we instituted um, after the restart last season uh, which as it 
entails uh, tracks all of the the counting stats that don't include goals, assists, and clean sheets, which I think is is crucial uh, during the regular season because they can often go uh, missed throughout the throughout the season. You really got to pay attention to it, and we got a, a tracker that does all of the the work for you. And so, picking up uh, you know the Zambos of the world uh, right when they um, show their their ghost point capability is is really key to uh, winning your league. So, looking forward to uh, to continuing that. And then I have a, an accompanying uh, weekly article uh, just for the inner circle. Um, called Ghost Point Hunters that takes three uh, players that week based off the the tracker that uh, I see really good things from uh, regarding their their Ghost Point capabilities. So looking forward to uh, continuing that next week. But uh, yeah, I'll turn it over to you to talk a little bit more about the other regular season um, offerings we got. Um, let me, let me just run through, you know, some of the offerings that we're going to have for the year and I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to belabor this too much. Um, but yeah, just listeners so that you guys know kind of what to, and and you gals know what to be, uh, uh, prepared for this season. But so as far as rankings are concerned, I mean, we'll have overall rankings, consensus rankings from the team. Um, I think we're going to do those like quarterly, maybe something around there. Um, we will have positional rankings that are based upon those overall rankings. Um, we will have brand new weekly player projections from Draft Lad, who just joined our team, and and we're just over the moon about it. Um, I mean, if you if you listen to the number of things that go into his player projections, uh, <laughs> they're set to be some of the most accurate. Uh, I mean, hopefully, but just they're set to be some of the most accurate I think ever created for this game. He says, here's what he says in in the intro to the uh, player projections. For your use, we generate projected minutes, projected ghost points, um, projected total fantasy points, as well as some other peripheral stats. Our projection system factors in historical player performance and form, opponent performance, expected position, minutes, real-time game and player betting odds, (laughs) like total goals and clean sheets. Like amazing, Love that. I'm going to use that for sure. Yeah. Um, so player projections for the first time ever um, from, from the Draft Society. We're so excited about that. Um, couldn't be more excited to have him on board. Uh, but then aside from that, um, you'll have weekly, you know, weekly rest of season rankings brought to you by, by Chap 1 of the FF Chaps. Um, official Premier League game scoring. Um, we'll have goalkeeper rankings from the Chaps, you know, something that's often overlooked. Uh, as far as stats are concerned, Drafter Thoughts is going to bring you uh, fixture difficulty tracker just for the fan tracks uh, default scoring game. We'll have useful draft metrics that include um, fantasy points per start, ghost points, um, yeah, GACS percentage, how, how reliant a player is on, on goals, assists, and clean sheets, etc. Uh, like you mentioned, ghost point tracker. And the list continues on and on. That's not even getting into the articles that include, um, you know, differential picks and sleepers and waiver wire articles. I mean, it's just it's just going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to it's going to be a lot. So we're pretty excited. Yeah, the hits keep on coming. Love it. Um, so there you go. That's that's what we've been working on. Uh, and and as we mentioned last time, that's kind of why the pods have been few and far between. Um, they'll be picking up in in frequency hopefully here, but. But yeah, man, we've been working real hard on the written content, so that's where we're at. But head over to DraftSociety.com and you can check all that out. Okay, so Ryan, the first thing I want to talk about with you is um, waivers in general. 
Do, are you? Do you think I haven't prepped you for this at all? Do you think that you are able to give us sort of like a brief rundown of just like, because you know we, given the number of official Premier League people that kind of came over to to fan tracks this year to give it a shot, um, and a lot of the buzz that they generated, we've got a lot of new people playing this game. Um, mm-hmm. So just generally, can you talk about like what waivers are and how they run? Yeah, sure. I should be able to after playing this game for (laughs) six plus years. Uh, So waivers are essentially a system in which players that are either incoming uh, from other leagues that aren't in the system yet or players that are dropped from other rosters. It's how they get into the system and they become available uh, to other teams after a a certain period of time. And so usually drafted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 just basically a, a big directory of free agents that aren't on any teams yet. And so the waiver system uh, gives you an opportunity to uh, bid on these players. And so uh, usually we have uh, systems in which they're fab, which is basically the money um, that you're awarded uh, in the beginning of the season to spend on these types of players. You can also trade it, but you know that's a, that's a different story that we'll get into uh, <laughs> yeah. later. So usually waivers run, um, and you can customize this based on your league preference, but usually waivers run uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, at usually 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. And so um, if you drop a player... Um, say on Saturday or Sunday, it will usually go into the waiver system and you can bid on them on, on Tuesday. If you drop someone after waivers on Tuesday, they'll be available on Thursday. So for example, Lukaku, he isn't in the system yet. He's coming over from uh, Inter Milan. So when the deal is done and he shows up in the system, um, that next uh, waiver process, whether it's you know the Tuesday or the Thursday, um, he will become available. You'll see that he's in the system, and then you'll have a chance to, to bid on him. And whoever has the highest bid wins. There's also a, uh, a tiebreaker. There are also systems in which you just do waiver preference, so that you know rotates uh, throughout the season based on you know who uses it. But usually, it's the it's the fab system where you're uh, you're bidding on on players. So yeah, hope that. Gave you a thirty thousand foot view of the the waiver system. <laughs> um, yeah, let me let me briefly talk about um, some of the, I guess uh, I don't want to say older, but like some of the more um, traditional, let's say, uh, systems of waiver priority. So so basically, um, one of the ways that that waivers are usually done or have been done, you know, in the past, uh, would be okay. Once your draft is done, then whoever drafted number twelve spot. Um, or number eight spot or 10 spot, however many people are in your league, the last person to draft, they would get the first waiver priority. This means that if they bid on a player, they know that they're going to get them because they just they, they have that waiver, their, that priority spot. They just have it. They, that's their number one. Um, if they were not to bid and the number two person bid on that player, then he would get them or she would get them. Um, so it's it's a very, very simple, just numerical. It's like a ranking system um, based on the reverse order of, of how you drafted. Um, 
Now, there are multiple ways that that can run. Some leagues have it where that resets, that order resets based on the results each week so that the person in last always gets the first priority. Um, But I would say most leagues that utilize this system allow you to, quote unquote, save that waiver priority. So if you are number one, you can kind of sit on that um, for multiple weeks until a player comes into the system that you really, really want to bid on or someone's dropped or whatever it is, uh, that you can then use that number one priority. So if we say, all right, would you use number one priority on Lukaku, Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that means that if Ryan had number one waiver priority, that he would go ahead and burn that. Cause I mean, you're probably not getting it back at least not anytime soon. Um, so he would go ahead and burn that to ensure that he gets that player in. Um, Ryan, would you use number one waiver priority on Christian Romero? No. Okay. So, so there you go. And it, it kind of, it does depend on how long you get to keep that waiver priority. And if it's, if it's forever until you use it, then you gotta be really careful with when you spend it. Yeah. And we used to have, uh, used to have this system when i when i first started playing before they they uh transitioned to to fab and um it was usually that uh of course right after the draft uh someone used their um number one priority right for whichever the best uh incoming transfer was and then the next person sometimes would save it until january when the window opens up again and there's a another good transfer that that comes in uh-huh. um but I think yeah, I think it's it's super important in the be- in the middle of the season as well, in between windows, because uh, you know players get injured and of yeah. course other players emerge and you can find some diamonds in the rough. So yeah, I've 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 d- followed every strategy possible. Um, <laughs> I will never ever either hold the waiver priority or save all of my fab for the January transfer window because it's so boomer bust. And I will never uh, spend 100 fab in January on Renato Sanchez again. Oh, God. No. Yeah. <laughs> Learn the hard way. Brutal. Um, well, then also, I mean, the, the thing you didn't mention, I think, too, is the fact that you then can't bid week in and week out on, on players. Yeah. I mean, even if they're just like role players or streamers for that week, guys, you're going to slot into your lineup just for that week. I mean, you have to wait till they go to free agency. So you have yeah, you have brutal. no shot at getting them in on waivers if you're going to hold Yeah, them. it's it's never worth it. I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, so so we like a system that uses fab, which is basically, you know, a a, a form of fake currency where um each manager is awarded a certain amount at the beginning of the season and then you you bid on um that player's let's call it their contract because remember we're not buying human beings here um so we bid on that player's contract to bring them into your team um and so if you if you bid the most obviously then that player joins your team um so this is where things get really interesting and this ryan is where we're gonna kind of bring up uh the fab wars of 2021 and and other (laughs) and other years as well but it's been really bad this year because of lukaku um So what I want to do is first talk about, you know, using fab and how you can lose a fab war, because I think it's really, really easy to lose a fab war. And then I want to talk about how we can win a fab war. So do you want to kind of like give us an intro on uh, why it's so easy to lose a fab war and how to do so? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And unfortunately, I can uh, point to a a personal uh, experience on that. Aside from Renato Sanchez? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, that was wasn't even Fabor. That was, was yeah, that was a self-inflicted wound. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can lose a Fabor because um, it's high stakes, and there's only there's only one winner. Um, and so, just to to use an example to to make it a little bit more clear how this can happen. So, uh, one of the leagues last season drafted early. It was before Kai Havertz uh, came over from Germany, and so. Like Lukaku this season, it sets up a situation in which there's a huge target yeah. on the waiver wire for anyone to, you know, stake a claim on. And so it incentivizes you to get to, say, 101 um, if the, the max is 100. And so you start trading fab for players to build up a war chest to make a bid that you think will ultimately get you uh, Lukaku in this instance or Kai Havertz in the, in the last season's instance. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, it was a league in which it wasn't a money league. So I was like, you know what, I'll just give it a shot and, and go for Kai. So thankfully there weren't any high stakes uh, related to it, but it did <laughs> teach me a, a very valuable lesson yeah. about this subject. Um, so I think I ended up um, swapping Adama for, um, I think Mateus Pereira, uh, plus I think maybe 40 fab. And so I'm sitting there, um, with 140 fab. I don't think anybody's made a, a move yet. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to put in a bid for 101. Nobody else has thought of this oh. and I'm going to get Kai Havertz. Um, and you know, I didn't give up the farm. I swapped a player for a somewhat, uh, you know, less capable player but again basically kai for not for free but you know uh for uh for for less than i should have yeah Yeah. um and sure enough uh a couple minutes before 10 a.m hits and the the waiver's clear other people had uh similar um pursuits and were able to trade more fab and um there was a, a bunch of random players thrown around and I think the winning bid was like 163. I think it was actually Genie that uh, ended up winning. Shocker. <laughs> and, um, and you had one so, total. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I swapped a player for a player of lesser value. Um, I have this fab that, you know, isn't really that valuable uh, anymore. And, um, yeah, it just, it just all went, went pear shaped and, uh, all of these premium players, uh, were swapped around to teams that, you know, had no business having, uh, these players just because they were able to sell their fab to the, to the highest bidder. And it just creates all of these weird, um, kind of inequities, uh, across the league. And so that's why. If you don't win, you lose pretty big, yep. and it's it's very risky. And um, I think the biggest thing uh, or advice that I could say is if you're going to play the game, be first and be big. So make the first move and make sure that you get more than, I'd say, 60 uh, fab. So it makes a statement. It shows people that, you know what, if you want to play this game, you're going to have to go hard. And it's, it just creates more of a disincentive for people to even try. So you have to, you really have to be first. Um, so that would, that would be my advice. 
So I, I'm not doing this at all this year. I'm not I'm not doing not playing the, the fag games at all. Um, just because yeah. I'm I I think the chances are higher that you lose than than you win. But um, yeah. as an example, I, I had somebody in one of my leagues message me and they said, "Hey, is there any chance of getting Bruno or Madison um, for Fab?" And I was like, "Bruno, absolutely not. Um, Madison, maybe, but it would cost you your entire Fab." And I, it mm-hmm. wasn't even a consideration to me. Like I would I was just like, "Sure." But you're sending me all of your fab, so yeah. <laughs> like that's up to you. And I never heard back from him. So, <laughs> so like <laughs> there it is. I mean, like I'm I'm not gonna mess around with this because, like you said, you know, and you sort of already got into like a little bit of the how to win. We'll get, we'll come back to it. But just to put a bow on how you know how to lose, um, mm-hmm. it's very easy to because you can very easily become that guy who gave up or gal who gave up, you know, your your second round pick for like 70 fake dollars that don't actually mean a whole hell of a lot in the game after the transfer window. Because yeah. normally during the during the, the week, the game week, you're going to bid two, five, seven dollars maybe at the most um, on a player to, to bring into your team as a streamer. Uh, yeah. Why, why, do you need, why would you need 140? doesn't make any sense. So it's really, really easy to lose... Um, you really need to know what your league mates are going to do. And like you said, um, if you don't do something fast and, and make a huge statement, you know, you're, you're really leaving the door open for other people to be like, well, he has, he has 40, but I bet you I could get 60, you know, or yeah. like he has 40, but I bet you I could get 55. Yep. And uh, yeah, you're doing the kind of the cost benefit analysis and you're like, yeah, you know what, if I give up, if I give up Madison and I get Lukaku, it's trading a, a second rounder for a first rounder. So it's, it's, it's worth the, uh, it's worth the trouble, but think about giving up Madison and not getting Lukaku, how <laughs> devastating uh, oh, that would be. Precisely. Yeah, absolutely. Um so- that's, yeah, that's why. I mean, I, I don't know that I would have done it in the first place, but I told I just told the guy, like, it's going to cost you all of it. Um, yeah. So the way – and the way I see it, there are three ways to, to win. Um, so the first one, I'll just get out of the way quick, and then I'm going to leave it to you to, to describe the other two because it'll, I think it will make more sense when I, when I lay out the three. So the first way that you can win is by being the person who gets a player instead of the money. So by being the person who gets a premium player, a second or a third round pick for fake dollars that mean very little after the actual transfer window, you're very clearly a winner in this. You have strengthened your squad immeasurably and you are now in like such a better position to go forward. It's like you had a, a second, second round pick or a second, third round pick when everybody else only had one. Yep. Okay. So then the other two ways that you can win, one of them involves going hard early. One of them involves going secret late. Do you want to explain <laughs> what I mean, Ryan? Yeah. Um, so going hard early is exactly what, uh, what I said. Um, if you're not first, you're, you're last. So going through a, uh, a shock and awe campaign of getting between 60 and 100 um, before anybody else trades. And you, you get notifications when other people trade. And yep. so um, there's always this nervous uh, kind of few hours or few days where there's everything's quiet, but it's really the calm before the storm. <laughs> um, and 
in, in one of my leagues this year, I was the first one to, to pull the trigger and I, I, I paid uh, fab for, for Adama Traore. And now, you know, I, it's, it's disincentivized everybody else for, from trying for it. And that's what I used in my, uh, in my negotiations and, and rightly so, because that's exactly uh, what happens usually. But the third uh, scenario that you laid out is <laughs> if you do it secretly. And so say there's no trades, everything's quiet. You know, some people could stupidly think that they can, you know, throw out a, a bit of a hundred and, yep. and get it. Um, when really happen. behind the scenes, people are lining up uh, offers that uh, they're going to um, exercise a few minutes before waivers clear. Say if it's if they clear at 10 a.m., say at like 9:55, you're going to see uh, potentially a flurry of yeah. uh, of trades in which you uh, you get 60 to 100 fab, um, and then they're going to spunk it all yep. on their bid for for <laughs> Lukaku. And so, yeah, if you're uh, if you're not dropping 200, um, or you know, I've seen crazier uh, leagues in which you get even more than that. If you're not at least dropping 200, you really don't know for sure if you're if you're going to get your man because of all this tomfoolery uh, a few minutes before waivers clear. So it's it's really best to prevent this, and this is what I did in in my main league. Um, because we drafted on Sunday night, Lukaku was basically official, but wasn't in the system yet. And so we designated um, some random player, in this case, Armando Broja, who was some random Chelsea forward. So whoever drafted Broja basically drafted Lukaku. Yep. And so we'll swap him out once he's in the system and, and waivers um, clear just to prevent all of this fab frenzy because it it really creates all of these, like I said, random inequities um, and imbalances in the league. And it's just, it's not really good for anybody. It might be high stakes fun uh, for some folks, especially those who uh, who end up winning from it. But yeah, it's better just to, to fairly draft uh, these people. But, you know, sometimes it's it's unavoidable given the, uh, you know, um, the time, the amount of time between the drafts and, yeah. the, and the transfer window closing. Well, and, and the fact that the transfer window runs into the season, which for me is one of the most yeah. annoying things about the Premier League. To yeah, be they switched back to. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. Was I can't thinking. stand it. Yeah, they switched back to um, to having that uh, that gap yeah. when before it was it closes as soon as the uh, the league starts. But the re- I think the reason they did that is because Europe kept the yep. rest of Europe um, <laughs> kept that kept that schedule. And they um, shot themselves so you, in the foot. Yeah, exactly. So, so like all these Spanish clubs were like, well, I mean, your, your transfer <laughs> window ends in like five hours. Like, what are you going to give me? You know, and they, yeah. they just got, all got taken advantage of. It's so stupid. Yeah, bricksmanship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, that's so Premier League-y though. Like that's that's definitely mm-hmm. something they would do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Their exactly. implementation of VAR and they just do all these things to shoot themselves in the foot. But hey, we still yeah. love them. Um, Indeed. Yeah, no, so... I. Like you say, I mean, placeholders, if you know that somebody's coming in, if you know for a fact that somebody's coming in, um, somebody asked, like, well, are we going to do a placeholder for Lotaro Martinez then? And I was like, no, no, because that's still speculation at this point. Yeah. Um, it's got to be, you know, a confirmed transfer. So we did placeholders for Lukaku and Varane. Um, and, then, oh, okay. and then anybody else, we left them off, you know. Yeah. Um, because anybody who was who was speculation at that point, we weren't we weren't interested. Yeah, I guess no one in my league, uh, rightly so, was interested in Baron, so he didn't I mean, really even come up. So we've we've 
talked a bunch on Twitter about how we're not really interested in him. Um, aside yeah. from his clean sheets that they will get for sure, but um, who knows when and where. Yeah. It's United. They could easily drop, you know, three to Brighton pretty pretty easily. So, it's... yeah, I'm curious how uh, how Leeds does against them this this mm-hmm. weekend. We'll see how uh, how stringent that defense is. Oh man, that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the the recent transfers and um, some of the fab that you've seen spent on them or. Um, that we think might be spent on them so we can give people kind of an understanding of, you know, what it might take for them to actually bring some of these guys in. I mean, we got to start with Lukaku. Like, um, yeah. it, it's going to be common to see 100 spent on him. Yeah, I think um, I think the vast majority of leagues, uh, there's going to be um, more than 100 exactly. spent on There's going to be one person, like I said, that, uh, that went big uh, early on and either – you know, disincentivize everybody else to to bid and can and can do 101 just because he or she knows that the they have the advantage and nobody else is is able to go above 100. That's the dream. Or it started a, a frenzy in which you know all bets are off and you could see like 140 to 160 to 200 whatever uh, spent on him. Yeah. So I think it's it's really going to depend on the the particular dynamics in your league. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I mean, you're talking about a marquee striker. He's going to be a first-round pick for anybody yep. drafting now um, or whenever he comes into the system, uh, which is hopefully before kickoff on Friday. Uh, but, yeah, I'm hoping um, before Thursday waivers. But, right? Yeah, they're taking their sweet time. Yeah, I know. I know. It's interesting. Uh, apparently, there were pictures of him like holding a Chelsea shirt, leaving his medical today so or yesterday yeah. maybe. But yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a matter of time. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but so for example, um, Leon Bailey, we'll talk about Leon Bailey. So what are, what are some of the prices that you saw, um, for Leon Bailey out of, out of, you know, how much of of a whole budget? Um, I saw basically anywhere between 60 and I think 75 for him, which I off the top of my head thought before waivers hit that he probably 70 would be able to get him and yeah it turns out it's it's been around there right around 70. um yeah which yeah which makes sense um but going back to what we previously said if you were able to you know um sell 75 uh to 100 of your fab for somebody that was better than than leon bailey then it's a lot better than spending 75 uh on leon bailey so yes you yes. can again um work around uh the circumstances and, and and improve your team based off of selling fab for for known quantities exactly exactly um okay so if lotaro martinez were to come into the league Ooh. what what are we talking uh, for for some background let me give you some background um, yep. if you go to our site and you nice click plug. on, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you click on stats and then you go to, uh, are you mouse over or highlight stats, um, on your phone, you'll have to, to click on it, go to big five European league data. Um, and when you go there, you will be confronted with a nice, uh, chart with a little search bar in which you can put, um, people's names in there. So let me just put L A U T. All right, Lotaro Martinez ranked 45th um, as a forward, 22. He had 30 starts. He would have uh, accumulated 
the equivalent of 400.5 total Fantrax points with a 14.1 points per 90, um, an expected points per 90 of 13.3, and ghost points per 90 of 7.8. He was almost 50% reliant on goals, assists, and clean sheets for his points. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think he's going to be probably a little bit more than, than Bailey. So I would... I would think somewhere between 70 and, and 80. If he was drafted, I would assume probably a third rounder, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think shiny new toy syndrome, he might have gone second. Um, yeah, but I don't Not know. For sure. Depends on which, which team he, he yeah. goes to. I don't know that um, the stats really back that up. I mean, if you want to to spend that kind of draft capital on him. Yeah, I wouldn't really be interested at uh, at those at those levels, especially what what you can get for that amount of fab in the market. Well, like for example, Romelu Lukaku was twelfth overall in the entire Big Five European League. Continent, yeah, yeah, twelfth overall. We're talking like behind Messi, Lewandowski, um, Depay, Kane, Fernandez, Muller, Mbappe, Insigne. Moreno, Ronaldo, Andre Silva, and then Romelu Lukaku. Like those are pretty ridiculous names to be in the yeah, same yeah. in the same conversation. Yep, that's worth the the fab frenzy. Absolutely, that's, that's why you're seeing it. But for Luke Martinez, no. But you'd be surprised. I mean, say Martinez ended up being, say swap out uh, Martinez for Lukaku, mm-hmm. and he ended up being the top target that was coming in i think that he would probably elicit the the same amount of uh of frenzy as lukaku just because he's the best thing out there you know yeah yeah i mean if 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 nothing else like just a slightly muted version of it maybe like barely like just barely yeah. less you wouldn't see as many people like actually sending a hundred fab plus or for a certain player or whatever yeah i'm reminded of uh when Iguain uh came over in january to chelsea when everybody had saved up um, all of their fab for the January window. And like, yes. I think he ended up going for at least a hundred and it was just madness. Yeah. But he was the best, he was the best transfer that came over. So. Right. Right. You know. um, okay. So let's talk about some of the other ones here quick. What about Mr. Adam Armstrong new signing for <laughs> Southampton? Now, of course he's not going to be in our data um, because he's not big five, but uh, our good friend, and brand new team member Draft Lad has a uh, an amazing Google sheet that he's created here, which maybe I'll link this below the the uh, podcast episode on Twitter. But um, yeah. he has uh, basically translated data for a lot of these um, new signings as well as promoted players. And Adam Armstrong would have been eighth um, with eighth, and when I say eighth, I mean eighth behind. Um, Pat Sindaka, Emiliano Buendia, Buendia um, Sancho, Holland, if he were to come in, uh, Adam Ida, which is interesting, and then <laughs> Lukaku. Um, and we're talking fantasy points per 90. So he would have 15.2 fantasy points per 90, 7.9 ghost points per 90, uh, and he would have had 584.5 fantasy points. Now, the thing to keep in mind, this is not... Um, there's no... Let's say this. There's no deduction... There's no percentage of this deducted from the fact that it was not the Premier League. So this would have been the equivalent of his points in the championship. Yeah, I think, especially given the fact that he's going to Southampton, you got to 
pretty much think of him as probably uh, Che Adams last season, um, given that he made the the shift from the championship to uh, to Southampton. The fact that they lost Ings and he's obviously the replacement for Ings, they're going to be at least a little bit worse than last season, I would think. Oh yeah. Unless he just hits the ground running. Right. So I think he could probably expect maybe uh, obviously some growing pains, but maybe when he hits. If he hits midseason form, maybe like nine PPS um, points per start. So, based on all of that and the fact that I think there's going to be a lot more um, shinier and bigger um, transfers to come, thinking maybe Martinez gets over the line or Odegaard or yeah, um, hopefully some freaking mids. Any mid, please, um, God, <laughs> come Jesus. over. I don't like, need a, a forward eight oh. at this point. Um, I think you're probably going to want to save a little bit more for that. So I'm thinking probably ten will get you Armstrong. Dang, really? Depends on how depends on how big you are on him. To be honest, yeah. Um, let me start with this. Yeah. I think people will get him at an absolute deal in drafts. He's already in the system. I think you could. Yeah. I think you're going to be able to get him in like the tenth round, which yeah, is that's, that's probably which right. is insane value. I mean, you could get. I mean, in some drafts, you can get Che for it the 10th round so well i've seen trinkow go in the last round so it's like yeah, you know there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of sleepers quote unquote this year yeah not if you're it, not if you're like listeners or in any leagues with us apparently because those yeah you know i, I saw Seriously. rodrigo go in like the sixth round fifth round i'm just like wait oh. that guy, i was supposed to be able to take him in the 10th yeah <laughs> blame ourselves for yeah, that for sure yeah but oh well no but i think adam armstrong will go um at a value for sure. Uh, I think he's a starter, and I I wouldn't mind spending twenty on him if I need a, if I need a forward. Yeah, I think yeah maybe. I think I still think you probably and mostly could get him for around then. But I mean, I saw who was it? Zamikas go for thirteen today. Wow! So some people are wow. are trigger happy. Um, <laughs> with with their fab at this point i think they've been so that happens um, though that happens starved of uh <laughs> of waivers that you know the first thing that comes along um willing to splash out a little like, bit I'm for playing so fantasy again yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah he's gonna be there for two to three weeks right exactly yeah and that's so, what that's 13 percent of your total season budget i mean yeah. Uh, yeah oh man i don't know yeah i don't know but i like it <laughs> Yeah, I think between yeah, I guess between ten and twenty, it's really going to depend on on the league and how on the ball they are and and you know how they are. But yeah, if if Adam Armstrong was a mid, I think you'd see yes. a lot more uh, like lucrative bids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think they're related. I think they're <laughs> nephews. Nephews? Who's yeah. wait? Who's the uncle? Yes, I mean Stewart had him when he was like twelve. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so what about Glory Boy, new signing for Norwich, American oh God. Josh Sargent? Zero. Not interested at yeah, all. Exactly. Same. No. I know it's exciting, Americans. Other Americans who are yeah, listening yeah. to this, I know it's exciting. And it is. It is exciting. It's great. great for the country and yes. the, the men's national team but yes. for fantasy purposes i'm i'm out i mean i didn't even want pookie i certainly don't want sergeant right and i mean sergeant 
not not just the fact that he's on Norwich, like who will struggle to score goals in the first place, but the fact that um, I've watched plenty of Sargent uh, with the national team and even um, some with Werder Bremen, and he just struggles in front of net. Like that's his job, I know, but yeah. he, he doesn't. Let's say he's one for the future. That's that's what I'll say about him. Like I'm excited about him. I like his pace. Um, I like some of his decision making. He just he really struggles to convert those goals. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I mean, the I guess the argument for him um, would be that uh, he's played with Rashica, their other big signing. Um, oh, sure. Back in Germany at Werder Bremen. So, if they start, you know, linking up, then then maybe he he scores a, a few goals. But yeah, I'm I'm just not interested. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, Having I said mean, that, Merka. <laughs> of course, absolutely. Uh, are there any other transfers that you you want to just throw out there that are being rumored that you're interested in? Um, I mean, from a personal selfish standpoint, as well as from uh, a midfield madness standpoint, I really want. Um, well, first of all, I want. I'd rather Madison go to Arsenal as the number ten, but. I don't see that happening. And short of that, um, I would like to see Erdegaard come over. Um, and so for fantasy purposes, he was kind of hit or miss last season, but he really kind of um, hit form right before he got a, a knock and um, knows the team, knows the Premier League, uh, I think would, would hit the ground running, plus he's a mid. Uh, so I'd be, I'd be really intrigued by, uh, by that. Otherwise, yeah, we talked about the, the big ones. Um, yeah, just to throw out uh, some internal transfers, which I think uh, most of us bet on, at least in, in our uh, little group. Yeah. Um, the Nat Phillips and the um, Ross Barkleys mm-hmm. of the world, um, betting on them in the draft to go to more mid-table clubs and, and start um, could end up being real value. Yeah, Nat Phillips especially. He's he's probably on a lot of your waiver wires. Pick him up for like one dollar, um, yeah. and just just hold him for until the end of the transfer window. If he doesn't go anywhere, drop him. Fine. What does it really cost you? But um, I mean, one dollar, I guess. But uh, <laughs> what aside from that, what does it cost you? Your sixteenth uh, spot on your team, your bench spot that would have gone to a, a streamer anyway. Like, it, but if he plays. You know, he, he has capability to be a defender too, like top 20 defender. Yeah, I mean, his his aerials last season, um, and this is before the the changes in defensive scoring, which I haven't, you know, um, given it a hard look, but I would assume that uh, even helps him even more. Um, I mean, I think he was averaging like 9 to 10 ghost points a game just based off of aerials. If he goes to, say, Brighton or Newcastle and is nailed on, um, and you get some clean sheets as well out of that for a dollar or a 13th round draft pick. Um, yeah, like you said, he's going to be defender two with the potential of being um, like a Tarkowski defender one. And that's just such an incredible value. Um, so hoping yeah. that that happens, it, it looks like it uh, It probably will be, not to jinx it, um, because he wasn't, wasn't on the bench um, along with Shakiri and I think the last couple preseason games with with Liverpool so it looks like they don't want to risk it um and they expect some sort of transfer to go through and yeah like we said if he plays he's money 
For those who have yet to draft or for those who are like scouring the waiver wire, maybe you're in a, in a shallower league and there are not as many managers there. So, you know, like the, the pool is a lot wider with bigger fish in it, let's say. Um, let's talk about some of our, our favorite, you know, kind of like sleeper targets or guys who have emerged as, you know, potential candidates for being waiver wire nabs or late round picks that we really like. I mean, you mentioned Nat Phillips. Um, you mentioned Ross Barkley. I'm going to say shy away at this point from Tammy Abraham because it looks looks to me like he's going overseas. Yeah, I mean, I would shy away from him anyways because there's three possibilities. He stays at Chelsea, won't play. Goes to Roma, who cares? Goes to, say, Arsenal, won't play. Not interested. Right. Yeah, exactly. So who are some other guys that you like? Well, just so, to touch on Barkley. Um, yeah, go ahead. Because he's a mid and he showed it uh, with Villa last season that he can score pretty well, um, including ghost points, to get him late round. If he does make a move, say, back to Everton uh, or to more of a mid-table club where he's going to be nailed on, uh, he's great value. But it's, I think it's less of a likelihood than, um, than Nat Phillips, I would say, at this point. I've seen a lot more rumors and evidence that, uh, that Phillips is moving than Barkley. I still think Barkley will ultimately get a move, but if I had to, to pick one of them to punt on, I think it would be, I think it would be Phillips. Although, although, as I said, uh, with the dearth of, of top midfielders, yeah. um, you, would, you really would be tempted with Barkley. And in most of my drafts, um, I took both of them in like the 13th, 14th round. Right. Just lottery tickets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's that's exactly how you should do it because I mean you end up dropping those guys a lot of times anyway. You know, like yeah. would you rather have um, a potential starter in Ross Barkley week to week who's actually going to get you you know uh, eight and a half plus points per game, or would you rather take uh, somebody who might average you seven like a Calvin Phillips or you know somebody along those lines like where it's like yes you've got a starter in this guy. I'm thinking of like uh, maybe like a four Nals or you know somebody like that where it's just like, eh, like a, a real yeah. a real role player that you probably could just replace off of the waiver wire with any random dude. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's right. I'd much rather take the the risk. Um, and then yeah, like you said, if it doesn't pan out, then you drop him and you have a bit more flexibility and you can stream someone probably better than than Calvin Phillips anyway. So right. I'd much rather. Uh, take the lottery ticket um and yeah it looks like at least one of these is is going to pan out um the other the other folks that i've kind of gone for for value late on in drafts or in the the waiver wire taking a, a punt on who's gonna line up next to to virgil van dyke yeah, God. Uh, this weekend so <laughs> i mean my my plan in some leagues was to to try and lock down Gomez and yeah. Matip just so that, you know, I could be guaranteed one of them. Didn't happen. I ended up getting, I think, Gomez in both. Um, so, yeah, if he starts this weekend, fantastic. If he doesn't, I'll just drop him. I don't think he's going to, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think at, so either. I think point, that yeah, the team. I was listening to the Anfield rap. I mean, I usually do, but um, today I was listening to a walk in the dog, and uh, they seem to be convinced that um, after his preseason, Matip is in is in really good form, and yeah. um, he's the most fit of all of them, and so he's he's going to be least afraid to like make the cuts that he needs to, and um, be able to track back with speed. 
So yeah. they're thinking that, yeah, they're thinking that Matip is probably the way to go. Yeah, and I think the uh, what what convinced me of that was the uh, the preseason um, games, the the rosters for each of those games. You could see that there was a clear kind of A team that uh, played the game against. I can't even remember who. Um, that would have been Italian um, team, Athletic uh, Bilbao. No, I think Bilbao was this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bilbao, Bilbao was, was the first, first one, and then um, Osasuna Your was boys, the second one. Osasuna, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're really taking on the Basque clubs. I like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I could see that there was a clear delineation. Um, and to see Kanate and Gomez and the B team versus Osasuna kind of told me everything I, I need to know. So, yeah, I would I would assume it's going to be Matip and uh, BPD this weekend against Norwich, which, yeah, is a shame. But, yeah, I'll just drop him. I mean, hey, Matip, a value late for sure. Um, yeah. Another defender I like is Callum Chambers. We've talked about him um, mm-hmm. a bunch. You still Seamus Coleman. Um, I... Th- if I was to make a wager, I would say yes. Okay. Um, but you also have Bellerin, who unfortunately they haven't sold yet, uh, as well as Cedric. So if I had to bet, it would be Chambers. But I also wouldn't be shocked if it wasn't. Okay. So worth worth the worth the punt for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. And yeah, great great matchup versus uh, Brentford, and he scores pretty well usually when he score when he plays. So yeah, I would I would definitely start him if I had him. Yep, and you mentioned Coleman. I think absolutely him too, for sure. They haven't brought in a right back, and so, yep, they haven't brought in yeah. like, anybody really, except yeah. Gross, but um, yeah, right. I am nervous about this Everton team this year, man. Like I, who I am too. Um, and who was really interesting to kind of keep an eye on during the drafts was uh, where James Rodriguez he went because like yeah, if he stays and he plays he's he scores really well but it's such a risk oh. when you think that he's probably going to leave the team in the country yeah so do you really want to waste a six round pick um even though the potential upside is there so it was yeah i didn't want to touch it but i could see the temptation uh, for <laughs> yeah, of others course, to, of course. to do it having said that i would try if you did draft him i would probably try and get rid of him now while yeah, you still can because i I've heard uh, from a few sources that Rafa's basically told him he's not in his plans. Yep. So, if he does, still a chance he stays, but not worth the risk. I was gonna say if he does for some reason start week one because they don't have any replacements yet, um, mm-hmm. and they want to put him in the shop window, that would be immediately the time. Especially if he does well that match, that yeah. would, you need to immediately be get, getting on the phone, get in the DMs, slide into those DMs of your uh, <laughs> your man, the managers in your league, because you need to get him off your books immediately. Yep, for sure. Um, you mentioned Brentford. Uh, I will say this: if you have an extra, if you have an extra spot, like somebody who's just droppable, you came out of the draft, and and maybe you have Tammy, you know, and it's it's become pretty clear that he's not going to go anywhere um, by the time kickoff rolls around on Friday. And if there are Brentford guys on that waiver wire, um, Brentford starters on that waiver wire, they pretty easily could be, you know, this year's leads. Um, they're attack minded. Um, they, they love to stay on the front foot. They, pr- they, they pressure, um, the opponent and they have three or four players in my mind between, um, Tony and Kanos and Mbuemo and, uh, Jensen who could very, very well become, I don't know, eight plus, uh, point per game guys this year. And, you might want to just snag one just in case they have a really good week one, and then you already have them. Don't have to worry about the waiver wire. 
Yeah, I would throw uh, Pinnock into that. Ethan Pinnock, absolutely. Yeah, yep. As well. Just yeah, just based on the, the counting stats that I've seen in terms of uh, aerials, um, I really want to see how he scores against Arsenal on Friday before um, – for doing anything but yeah as as i've said before my stance usually towards promoted teams is just to not draft and to to wait and see because yeah say any of those players uh, aside from tony don't perform you know the first couple game weeks which they are want to do mm-hmm. uh, given that that's an adjustment to the premier league and <laughs> most of them have really tough schedules uh, the first couple game weeks yes. uh particularly norwich um people are just going to drop them And um, you can take that time to look at their stats, see if they're ghosting out, and pick them up off the waiver wire rather than expending draft capital on it. So that would be that's always been um, my stance. But yeah, I I definitely also get the temptation to get someone like Kanos and take a punt and uh, just see how they do against Arsenal. Yeah, I just think there's no reason to roll into the game week with. You know, some guy you drafted in the 15th round who, like, it was sort of like a lottery ticket anyway, and, uh, you know, it's, like, become pretty clear by by week one that he's actually not starting or he's not, like, in the plans of the coach. Well, just, yeah, go ahead and drop him and secure one of these guys who might blow up just so that way you basically have beaten the waiver wire for the, ne- for the next week. Um, but that being said, I learned last year to be, to be more patient. Um, so I'll contradict exactly everything i just said by saying um if you think somebody has the chance to blow up like be patient with them we saw people drop rafinha last year we saw people drop pedro neto last year like you cannot you cannot be one of those stories yeah yeah i kind of tend to to go uh, the opposite there um because yeah you've you've also seen cases in which you've put too much faith in them and you would much rather looking back have, have cut them a lot earlier <laughs> thinking like Mitrovic, someone like that you're more of a knee-jerk um, guy yeah <laughs> uh, sometimes depends on the player but yeah particularly regarding promoted players like i said yeah that's fair um, that's fair i think yeah usually the the gyms emerge um undrafted or off the waiver wire and i, I will and say I think zambo ahead. might come as well in ah. that same vein i've heard Rumors of Zambo coming, as well as Adamo Lookman. Oh, that would be um, tasty. To to Burnley, though. Oh, wow. Maybe <laughs> Bittersweet. Not, maybe not so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe lukewarm. Yep, for sure. Um, interesting. Yeah, I mean, because um, you you already mentioned to you already mentioned ghost points, and um, these, of course, are like the the non goal assist clean sheet points. These are the things that you want to keep an eye on because, you know, even if somebody's getting like battered by a good team, um, like, you know, Norwich in the first couple of weeks, if you see somebody who's still posting, like despite the fact that they have a nightmare run in, um, if you see somebody who's still posting decent ghost points, it's worth it to go ahead and grab them. Because when the schedule lightens up, then yeah. hopefully they're able to add those assists and clean or assists and uh, goals to that. Yep. That's where that. Uh, ghost point tracker and an article yes uh, here's my shameless plug no it's full uh, it's circle gonna be, right now <laughs> it's gonna be so <laughs> so important to keep an eye on uh as the season progresses particularly early on when um all of this stuff is kind of coming to the surface it's awesome any other uh last minute bits of of strategy early season strategy that you'd like to to employ um 
think we've covered most everything. Um, yeah, I'd like to, to keep an eye on the wire because, yeah, say uh, people are pretty impatient uh, right now, particularly with, with assets that they're not that sure about. I'm thinking like post round 10 uh, assets. So I like to see if, if people are a little too hasty and dropping some folks. Yeah. So that first uh, wire is, um, is usually pretty indicative and, and sometimes uh, has some has some some gold in them hills so i like to, to keep a particular <laughs> eye on uh on that first waiver wire uh and toddy would tell you along those same lines toddy by the way who is currently motorboating around greece like <laughs> a motorboating you <laughs> like i mean he sent us a picture and you said it perfectly literally he looks like the wolf of wall street like he just rocking the white polo oh, and just beautiful just like the yep. beautiful um the beautiful seas of greece in the background and like green yeah. hills and just oh my god anyway yeah so he couldn't he couldn't be here clearly because why would you if you're in greece but um <laughs> he would tell you to um trade early trade early especially if you've got players who um are fairly known commodities and they struggle play up that panic with that other manager and really try to, you know, try to try to play up that fear and get them into your squad for somebody else who who you don't maybe don't rate as highly. Um, but maybe it's a big name for a big name, but one that you know if you trade for this this guy they're going to they're going to outperform the one that you have on your team. You know, 9 times out of 10. Yeah, you can also do that uh that same strategy with folks that um people are pretty hyped about. Um, but there's an absolutely great chance of them not panning out. I'm thinking yeah. like Ryan Fraser, and these are players that I've I've rostered just on the off chance that they do pan out. Um, yeah, the Ross Barkleys, the uh, even Dros. Uh, I mean, everyone is so high on Dros, but he's there's a possibility up. that he doesn't he doesn't become a, a regular starter. Yeah, he's shooting up draft um, ranks. Like, I saw him and he's not going to be on any round. set pieces with with Dinia and right. potentially James there. So I think he's he's a serviceable mid and I love him uh, forever based on nostalgia purposes. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I think his value might be might be peaking uh right now. So yeah, you can uh, employ that strategy with some folks like that. If you don't want to take that risk and you want to just trade them out uh, on a relative high before you get evidence that they're not going to pan out. Yeah. Um you could you could certainly look to do that as well. He's he's creeping up to the point where he's like his draft day value is starting to border players like Trossard, you know, and things. And I'm just like, this is insane. What is happening yeah. here? <laughs> I mean, he's after round five for midfielders. Everything. I mean, it's like, I mean, Dros is the <laughs> the pick of the litter oh. along with like Solly March. I mean, it's nuts. That's the thing. Please transfer into mids, please. Any team. Just, I mean, and honestly, like, even if it is Burnley, just give me some mids, please. Yeah. Please, God. I hoarded them all in the draft, and they're just, like, gold right now. Also, again, if you haven't drafted yet, um, Ryan, we talked about mock drafts last time, and now we've done a couple mm. of real ones. Um, I would say nine times out of ten, you will not regret going mid-mid. Mid. <laughs> <laughs> Three mids out of four, I think um, I did in both. I went of mid, my mid, leagues. forward, mid. Yeah, 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 and then and defender I, fifth. I love my teams. Yeah, just just know the fact that like mid is it. 
you can only start three forwards. You can start five midfielders. And there's forwards for you can get starting forwards in the twelfth, thirteenth round. Yeah, I mean most of my forward lines consist usually of uh Pepe, Rodrigo, Trincao um type forwards that are good but have the possibility of, of being great and that you can get between seventh and, and ninth round. Um, right. If 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 I wasn't top five in the draft where I could get an elite forward like, like Mane uh, or Salah, I am going top mid, say Mason Mount, and then mid, 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 and then maybe yep. fourth round I'll I'll reach for a uh, a more premium forward than, than those others that I just mentioned. Like, uh, I mean, I think that Aubameyang is going to bounce back, but uh, I can see folks that, that don't. Um, but, yeah, like the Aubameyang, that's when you get to the range of um, – I mean, it was Ings before Villa, but he's shot up too. Oh, yeah, he's like um, he's around three now, like beginning yeah. of round three. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I, I like, like that value. Yeah, I like I like Ingsy as well. Um, if he wasn't so injury prone. Yeah. But um, yeah, then you start getting into that range with with Oba and um, and Tony and uh, and Jimenez. Um, but yeah, otherwise, from seven to nine, you can get some tasty tasty forwards. Yeah. And there's enough of them where you could get five, and if one or two don't pan out, then who cares? Like, you have probably the best midfield in your entire league, and you have enough forwards by that point that you have, you know, you've secured at least a a decent starting forward line, um, and your mids are just going to just going to kill it. And they're, your mids are probably on set pieces, let's be honest, right? Like, if you have elite mids, they're usually the ones on set pieces. So, yeah, I just think the value's there. Yeah, and if you, say, wanted to ultimately trade out um, one of your mids for a forward, yep. I mean, yeah, they're going to be, like, golden tickets, so the value's going to even more increase when people see how trash their midfields are. Yeah, one more thing on that, and then we'll end it, because we could, I mean, literally, we could probably talk about this for the next three hours, but um, uh, one thing I noticed, when I go mid-mid early, what then ends up happening is um, forwards will fall, will continue to fall and fall and fall, because people then start to panic pick mids. Which mm-hmm. is and they already fantastic. have forwards from their early exactly, which is picks. fantastic. And keep in mind what Toddy always says: you know, you have to look at the managers around you in the draft and see what their rosters are, so that you know if you could if you let a guy go until the next round, what's the likelihood of that manager taking him over? You know, a a position that they might need more. It's probably pretty low. Um, yeah. So you got to know what you can wait on and what you need to take at that moment. Yeah, that's basically what I did. Um, for like Pepe and Rodrigo. I knew that folks were going to reach for mids like Trossard around the sixth round. So I knew that I could, I could leave them and probably get them in the, yep. um, in the seventh and then potentially the eighth. Yeah, that's no, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And these are guys I'm, I'm hyped about. Like I, I'm so excited to watch Trinkow. Yeah. I, <laughs> I sent you that video yeah. earlier, right? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, there's a video yeah. where he, what, what does he do? Like he settles the He was ball. basically just doing like keepy uppies around the, <laughs> the opposition defense yeah but like three different guys and he was just like up up." and then you got adama like buzzing around and i was just like oh oh man it's mouth-watering yep absolutely i can't wait yeah yeah that wolves lester game is gonna be tasty (laughs) yeah i'm pretty (laughs) back to my uh all in on on wolves i'm very wolves dependent 
at this point. Yeah. So I, usually, I have like an amalgamation of, of Trincao, Adama, and Semedo in most of my leagues. I'm just real nervous about their defense. Real, real nervous. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you've heard great things about the attacking, um, you know, theories of, of the new manager, Bruno Lage, but that could very easily not translate to the <laughs> Premier League. So it could go pear-shaped real quick. Oh, so. yeah. High risk, high reward. Okay. Well, okay. Let's. We're we're gonna call it. Um, like I said, we're, otherwise we're gonna just tangent off into another forty-five <laughs> minutes of something random. Um, but I, I do want to say, uh, good luck on Friday, buddy. And um, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. I, I don't want to. Don't want to say you're gonna need it, but I. I'm curious. I told you already. I have a bad feeling. I know, but this Brentford attack. I'm just. I don't know if I'm unnecessarily high on them, but I, I just think that they're gonna they're gonna do something here in this league, um, and even if it means they concede I'm very four goals a game. About that, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I watched uh, I watched the the playoff final versus Swansea. Yeah, and like, they didn't really do much for me, and that's against Swansea, and I didn't see them um, upgrade that much. So I. I honestly think they're, they're yeah, going to struggle. I mean, Leeds is really the exception to the Agreed. rule, right? Agreed, yeah. So I, I don't think that's going to happen too much. Um, but, yeah, I, I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> but having said that, I am still very pessimistic about Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they didn't upgrade, I don't think, at all because they have, like, no money. Um, yeah, yeah if, you, if you look at – I mean, I think they make – like, their revenue is, like, second lowest in the championship last year. Um, Pretty small stadium, I guess, because yeah. I guess they don't get much from the gates. Yeah, um, so it's it's very strange. I mean, I don't know. I would say the easiest thing to do would just be like go the villa method and just bring in a billionaire. Yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> What's the problem? Easy, easy. Yeah. All right, Maybe man. Oman last, <laughs> last words wants for the to back listeners. a team. Uh, I would just say again, thanks for the support. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed your drafts. I certainly did. I am. Uh, buzzing for the season but at the same time i know this weekend i'm going to be lamenting some <laughs> sort of uh downfall fantasy wise and i'm gonna um try and remember why i was so excited going into yeah. the season yeah um but yeah i'm i'm super excited and uh yeah i hope everyone uh had a good draft and uh good luck this weekend that reminds me of of something that Jeannie and I talked about with FPL Sala um, Abdul. If you haven't listened to that that um, interview, check it out. But um, he just talked about we were talking about me- mental health and, and fantasy football, and um, just you know going into this year, keep yourself grounded, um, focus on the things that actually bring you joy and make you happy. And if fantasy football is not one of them, then you either need to figure out a way to to make it joyful again. Um, or maybe you need to take a little break from it because to be honest, like this should be a game. This should be a game that you have fun with. And, and yeah, it's okay to like lament a loss clearly, like you're saying, Ryan, but like if it becomes a thing where it's ruining an entire weekend for you, I mean, you got to figure out a way to focus on the the positives, I think at this point. So, um, yeah, there was a big focus on, on mental health last year with fantasy football. And we do want to continue that because I think that's, that's really positive and healthy. No, for sure. I, I talk a lot about, um, you know, the agony and the ecstasy, but yeah, at the end of the day, I still love it. And if I didn't, I obviously wouldn't play it and certainly wouldn't spend so much time exactly um, talking about it and writing about it. So Agreed. yeah, if, if, if you're not enjoying it, then yeah, definitely drop it like anything else. Good vibes only guys. Good vibes only. All right, community. That's right. We love you all so much. Thank you for listening um, again. Oh my God. Thank you for the overwhelming support for the draft society. We've been humbled to say the very least. I, there's not 
a word for for how thankful I feel um, to this community just for the support that you guys have given us. So thank you, thank you, thank you again, um, and uh, keep it coming because we've got amazing uh, in-season stuff coming at you, content all the time. Um, so I promise you that uh, your subscription is going to be worth it if you're subscribed, and if you're not, consider it. Uh, you definitely help to support an independent fantasy site like we are. All right, thank you all so much. We'll talk to you soon. Best of luck on Game Week 1. Cheers. <laughs>